Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. How you doing, Trav? I'm feeling, I'm feeling safe. You know, I'm, we're not, even <laughs> though feeling we're, safe? even though we're in California, uh-huh. which is the coronavirus is here and it is, it is, it is claiming lives. At well, least, you know, we have, we have like armed secret ser- security guards killing people in Portland, not too far away from us. I feel safe. Not only because of that, like I'm not there, <laughs> but also apparently there is a storm and its mm. path is going straight for New York city. And the name what? of that storm is Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke on his Instagram, according to his Instagram. Why does Mickey Rourke need an Instagram? Okay. He has posted a picture of casino era Robert De Niro. Okay. And he has said on the caption, hey, Robert De Niro, Mm -hmm. that's right. I am talking to you, you big fucking (laughs) crybaby. A friend of mine just recently told me that a few months back, you're quoted as saying to newspapers, Mickey Rourke's a liar and he talks all kinds of shit. Listen- Mr. Tough Guy in the movies. You're the first person that ever called me a liar, and it was in a newspaper. Let me tell you something, you punk ass. When I see you, I swear to God on my grandmother, on my brother, and all of my dogs. I gonna embarrass you severely. Severely (laughs) is what he's trying to say. 100%. Mickey Rourke, as God is my witness. And then he does say in the comments, I will be relocating, moving back to New York City in next few months. This encounter will happen for sure. (laughs) Robert De Niro was like 98 years old, 85 pounds. He's not really a raging bull. He's quite a tiny man. Why is Mickey Rourke in the middle of everything that's going on in this country right now, everything that we are going through, why is he starting to fight with a geriatric actor, Robert De Niro? He's calling raging bullshit on Robert, but he really should be calling raging bullshit on the Gestapo in Portland. Oh my God! So we are going to talk. I, that's real. That's hyper violence. Mickey, Mickey Rourke is violence, but then we're going to hyper violence. The fact that Mickey swore on his dogs—that's a—he is serious because he loves those dogs. I think they're mostly Chihuahuas. When he was down and out in the '80s or uh, in the '90s after his '80s boom, those Chihuahuas kept him alive. And I don't know how they recognized him because I think every time he left the house, he came back with a new face. The man has done a lot of plastic surgery. He looks good. good. I don't know if he looks good. And if you, you know what I say? I say you're beautiful as you are. You don't need, you don't need the plastic surgery unless you want to get it and then do that too. Do whatever you want, but know that you're beautiful no matter what. This is a tangent, by the way, but do you know that in some face injections that are being offered in our very own city, they use... Skin cells from circumcised baby boys' penises. <laughs> Did you know this? Well, that explains the look. There is a there is a <laughs> there is a there wow. is a video that I just watched with Sandra Bullock what? laughing and laughing about injecting st- like cells from the circumcised oh uh, 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 foreskins of. Korean children hmm. into her face and Ellen and Sandra Bullock are laughing and laughing and laughing. Wow, well that's how deep the pedophile ring goes. I, it really They're does, injecting it, it, it into does, their faces. It legitimizes some of these crazier uh, theories about uh, pedophiles uh, running in Hollywood. Yes, it really does. Everyone loves a good foreskin facelift, I guess. <laughs> uh, so we are going to talk about what's happening in Portland. It truly is 
if you are someone who has any concern for civil liberties at all, this is like, whoop, the red flag is up. Check out what's happening in Portland. It is absolutely disgusting. This whole week, we've been seeing footage. There was peaceful protesters. Um, they were exercising their First Amendment right, that pesky little thing that lets them yell at the government. Of course, the BLM movement, that's the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the uh, defund the police movement, uh, the let's talk about prison reform movement. Those are going strong. Those conversations are happening across the country. Donnie, Donald Trump is not happy with this conversation because despite the fact he's one of the biggest criminals to ever be in the White House, in the Oval Office, he is also one of the largest advocates for quote unquote law and order. Yeah. We are seeing what's happening on the streets of Portland. If you haven't checked out these videos, please do yourself a favor. Just as an American, you have to see what's happening. Um, uh, officers, federal officers, have been sent there. They do not have badges. They don't have name tags. We have no idea what agency they work for. We don't know what branch of law enforcement they are. We don't know if they're a branch of the military. We have no clue. They're literally disappearing people yeah. off the streets of Portland. And it's not as if the local or state government want them there. The governor of Oregon and the state officials of Portland have asked Donald Trump to get them out leave. of here, to yes. leave. You're making everything worse. Well, and, and, and Donnie won't have it. And just to give a little bit of a timeline here, you know, this has the protests in Portland have been going on as long as they have been in every other city, you know, about uh, 50 days now. Yeah. And, um, and Portland is a funny place when it comes to politics. You get the alt-right, then you have people who obviously are against the alt-right. They seem to clash in, in the Pacific Northwest for some reason. You have extreme, they're like extreme trenches of leftist people yes. and the most right-wing Bundy-esque clan. Ooh, the Bundy clan. Type fellows that hide in the trees and and uh you know stamp their feet about second amendment rights and then here comes federal troopers stormtroopers right. in their city and they they seem to be very mum about it but it's, they, it's absolutely the horrifying. protests have it's been chilling. going on since you know for 50 days mm -hmm. apparently the brutal the police brutality kind of escalated on july 4th in portland yay because uh the cops the actual portland cops started uh, firing like rubber bullets into crowds of people that were shooting off fireworks. Mm -hmm. And then the protesters God said, forbid. okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take these commercial grade fireworks and shoot them at federal buildings. Right. Which then raised the ire of Trump. And he said, okay, this is my chance to, uh, now I can step in and I can send whoever I want there. And you know, remember we, we spoke about these kind yes. of like secret police, uh, uh, organizations that just absolutely like the the fucking post office police or like this the stamp collectors police or you know yep. all these other police these are the types of people that are coming to portland right now and that you can you can listen to that episode i think maybe it was four episodes ago all of these different branches we saw this in the washington dc protest right before donald trump had his photo op where he held the bible upside down outside of a very famous church everyone's like who the hell are these people yeah the post office literally has a police force uh, there is a police force. There's about 15 different police forces, and we don't know who is out in Portland right now, and that's what makes this so well. The, uh, the truly scary. The tip of the spear when it comes to the police in Portland, it's Customs and Borders Protection. So you have Border Patrol people in Portland right. guarding the border of Portland. Well, it uh, is close to Canada. Yeah, so you got to be careful. But uh, And then they also have... I've always said that. I want a border. I want a wall on the northern border. I've said that before, and yeah. I'll say it again. These Absolutely. Canadians are coming in. They're taking our comedy jobs, and I'm done with them. Well, you know what? The Canadians, we get their... We get their verbal comedians in in Canada. I don't know if you ever watched Canadian comedy. It's a very it's, it's very like, French. It's called like Laugh Hour, and yeah. it's usually just a guy that like spills a bowl of tomato soup and then goes like tee hee. Well, it is kind of funny. And if it you is think funny, about it. Yeah. but uh, all the verbal, all the speaking comedians come uh, come to America from Canada. They're taking our jobs. But so, in addition to Border Patrol, it's also DHS. It's Department of Homeland Security. This is the agency that is being sort of utilized by Trump the most to serve these like more fascist tendencies 
and then all the other ones are just like vague federal agencies like the right. like the the weird stamp collecting so police officers this is according to uh kate brown she is the governor of oregon this is what she had to say regarding federal troops uh she said quote having federal troops here is like pouring gasoline on a fire as we've been talking about when it comes to how the response should be when protests are perhaps about to become violent or protests maybe it be when it's uh, when it's a hostile situation we have been talking about the need for de-escalation and i think that is taking a hold now in law enforcement conversations more and more people are talking maybe we should de-escalate and obviously this entire thing escalated because of the death of George Floyd when without a doubt uh, Derek Chauvin escalated a situation with so much violence that led to somebody's murder so we need to work on de-escalation and the federal officers which is what I my understanding is many of the state and local officials have been trying to do is work yes. with de-escalation or the idea of de-escalating the violence before it even starts and making sure that people have a peaceful place to protest. And then you got Trump circumventing all of the rights of this state, of this, where are the state's rights in this? When the Oregon governor is like, get the hell out. She also has the right as a governor to say, our state is good federal government. This is such an infringement on states' rights. And that is exactly... That is exactly what is going on in Portland right now. She goes on to say, this is appalling when we need help from the federal government, testing supplies, personal protective equipment, they are missing in action. But of course, as soon as Trump sees a way to gain political traction in this very bizarre election cycle, he's playing the culture war and that term war is no longer hyperbole it truly has become a culture war and the battleground unfortunately for portland is their streets well in portland is the perfect place to do this too because it's a substantial city but it's not if you had what is happening in portland happening in, in new york city or los angeles you would have much more of a in your face because that's where that's where the la times is that's where new york times you right. would have much more of a national media uh, outrage. Yeah, you're right. Portland is still kind of just off the beaten trail enough yes. to have this stuff go on. And that's why Portland is the place where they made Portlandia. You know, it's not it's not like I can't. I can't with that brand of whites. <laughs> I cannot deal that. What is the was that? Is that hipster? It no, was, that was like, a, you know, that show started at like the first season was like making fun of hipsters. And then it just became absurdist, like nonsense care i mean it basically became kids in the hall because it's well, just like a, ch a, a lady it's like a chicken lady sketch and it, it i do like a kids sketch in about the hall. battlestar galactica you know well, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really track with hipster culture but um kids kids in the hall i accept it i love it but you're right portland it it seems like it's not it's not in the crosshairs of, of new york times la times national media and that's why it's so important that people continue to film uh, what they're filming because I got into a into a YouTube slash Reddit slash lively coal yesterday. Yes. And this footage that we're seeing, I don't I don't know if you saw the footage of the man in the wheelchair. Yes. Uh, where yes. they didn't just arrest this man, they arrested him extremely violently. And again, um, it's just like when they knocked over that 72 year old dude and you're like, are you where is your humanity? The person is in a freaking wheelchair. You can't do this. They destroyed his wheelchair for some reason just to add a little a little salt to the wound. Yeah. We don't know where that person is. We don't know where many people are. They're being taken to true black sites as if they are members of ISIS and we are fighting a war on our homeland. This is totally freaking people out. So and I get it. It reminds me, I don't know if you recall in Chicago... Chicago had a black site jail that was shut down oh, yeah. under the Obama administration after it was found out. They used to just hold people, um, detain them for multiple days, no charges, and no reason why they were there. They would do that regularly, and then they would just kick them back out onto the street. And then that person almost act, um, 
acts as if they've been abducted by aliens. Yes. Because they were like, I was I was in a building for three days. I have no idea where it was. They just dropped me back off on the street where they picked me up. I have no clue what happened. Yeah. And it's like a and man, everyone's in, like, a man okay, in camouflage. Buddy. Yeah, exactly. A man in camouflage, which Portland is the worst place for our civil rights to be infringed upon in this way because Portland, the Pacific Northwest, this is the type of place where guys just love to wear camo and walk around with guns. Like so you, you got to have fun with it. You do not know if it's just like some guy who is on a stroll with an assault rifle or if it's some kind of like uh security dog that Trump start, sent out. I might start doing that. I might start might, maybe I'll become a gun guy. I could see you in you camo know? overalls. No, they don't make them in nice size, I don't think. <laughs> okay. Maybe they do. I'm not sure. The big and tall Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> Maybe yeah. try that one out. No, I think hunters or fishermen, maybe they are a big breed. I got to go to the sports stores. Everything yeah. I get is very but bright. But the, the point about de-escalating, it's antithetical to what is happening with these federal agents that are being deployed there. Because Absolutely. Chad Wolf, who is the, uh, sec- the acting secretary of Department of uh, Homeland Security, he is in lockstep with Trump's tweets. Like he's tweeting, he's basically echoing all the stuff that Trump is saying. And Chad Wolf is actually the guy who in 2018 was the architect of the like separating children from their parents, uh, migrant I mean, cages. Can thing. we not use the word architect? <laughs> architect is a little bit like highbrow for yeah. the, for the brilliant idea of okay, why don't we, we separate? You know, I was watching a Kit Kat commercial yeah. the other day and they broke them apart. What if we did that? Architect yeah, is what, a little highbrow. What do you call a guy who, like makes a uh, castle out of uh, car- trading cards, like that 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 kind of architect. Well, that's, that's a guy who makes easy. a uh, the White House out of popsicle sticks and glue. That that kind of that kind of uh, Again, framing. I have more respect for that guy but than that the person Chad, who that broke is away. Chad Wolf. He's the guy who was very much. I mean, very much a part of the team responsible for the children in cages separating uh, kids from their migrant parents. Um, and here he is with a squad of nameless faceless goons to uh, snatch people up and there's stories where it people aren't even protesting you know it's like if somebody wearing a black shirt is walking down the street in portland they get thrown into an unmarked van well that's the fashion place (laughs) so this is according to donald trump this is what he had to say Uh, he said this on monday that troops were sent into portland quote because the city was totally out of control He goes on to say Portland was totally out of control and they went in and I guess we have many people right now in jail. He goes on to say, and we very much quelled it. And if it starts again, we'll quell it again very easily. It's not hard to do if you know what you're doing. And this is such a disservice to every single person involved in this situation not that I'm going to have, I'm not going to have a little, I'm not going to play the world's small, smallest violin for these people who have been sent there, the federal agents who have been f- sent there. At the same time, they've also been sent under, with zero direction, with zero understanding of like, what is their job? They are, they're not from the area. They are just, they have no idea what they're doing. And the president is just like, it's very easy. You just go and you do it put him in jail. And so you have these people, you have the blind leading the blind here. And in this case, the blind are also extremely jacked up, militarized and weaponized. And it's it, that's why this is such a dangerous uh, situation because as we've been talking about for months on this show, we don't have any federal leadership that has a consistent message. So these people are just allowed to go run rough shot and do as they will because there is no one telling them exactly how they should do this. Well, and then you have the Portland police basically allowing this to happen because well, what are in they their eyes, do? these federal agents are on their side because the protesters are their enemies now, apparently. Right. But the thing is, I don't. I would, I would be remiss to give the impression that this is like some uncoordinated, like oh, it's just so disorganized. It's like a clearly a you know this phrase was bound bandied about bandied about uh like in 2016 when trump got the nomination or when trump was elected but this is a trial balloon for what 
possibly Trump, what powers Trump could have if he is elected again. Well, that would solidify this entire situation, which is something that we cannot do. We're going to talk a little bit later on in the episode about some of Biden's plans, specifically in the context of police, and then we'll kind of be rolling out some of his plans but I do uh, as we say continue on going here. There is a strategy for fending off these federal goons, and it is a strategy that came to light as of last night. A woman that is now being referred to as Naked Athena uh-huh. walked out into traffic in in the middle of this 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 standoff. I'm assuming, and she was fully clothed, or she was well, indeed no, so naked. Well, naked Anith- Naked Athena was actually not clothed. So she was naked. Okay, yeah, thus good. the name. And so okay, she, not just a clever name. No, it wasn't just a clever name. But she walks out in, into the middle of this. It was very much like the uh, the Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial. But if instead, if Kylie Jenner was not wearing any clothes uh-huh. and she didn't have a Pepsi, she walked out uh, in between the federal goons and the press, the protesters naked. And then she sat on the ground uh-huh. and then opened her um, labia. And it sounds more disgusting when you say labia. I think you can just I'm say also pussy. doing the motion. I know and well. it's really disturbing me and I don't like anything about this. And so the federal uh-huh. goons dispersed. OK, she fought off. Uh, like a platoon of nameless, faceless soldiers. That is the power of pussy. I've said it before. It's a strong, strong thing. It it is also a an analogy for our country that I don't love. But the fact that boobies are more um, distressing to law enforcement than bullets is a bad sign. We are so puritanical in our view of the human body of sexuality, where we can watch someone bleed out in the streets and not look away. And as soon as somebody comes and opens up their pussy, everyone's like, we got to run. Yeah. We got to go. Uh, the power of naked Athena, an American hero. I didn't that, sign did up we for deserve? this. I didn't sign up for this. Did we deserve naked Athena? I don't think so. No. But she's the hero we got. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. This is according to Oregon Attorney General Ellen Rosenblum. Uh, This is what she had to say uh, regarding the Homeland Security, the Department of Homeland Security, what they're engaging in right now on the streets of Portland. She says it is unlawful law enforcement and the violation of civil rights of protesters and detaining people without probable cause. She goes on to say. I share the concerns of our state and local leaders and our Oregon U.S. senators and certain congressional representatives that the current escalation of fear and violence in downtown Portland is being driven by law enforcement tactics that are entirely unnecessary and out of character with the Oregon way. Of course, Oregon is the home of Sasquatch, and we know Sasquatch is a peaceful cryptid. This is according to the Department of Justice. The inspector general, um, they've been asked if they could use less lethal force for the protesters. I don't know if that seems to be happening anytime soon. And uh, it is one of those situations where if you are someone who, again, as I said, cares about civil liberties, is concerned about the Constitution, and this is a lot of the, like, don't tread on snack people. This is a lot of, like, the don't tread on me people. Yeah. If you are supporting this, you can burn that. You can burn that don't tread on me flag. You are not a member of that group. You are totally pro massive overreach by the federal government. I don't care if you like Trump or not. This is an absolute critical moment where we have to stand up to the federal government. Our local officials have to stand up to them. 
and say, get the hell out of our communities because you're not making us safer. And the fact that we have a federal government that is making its populace less safe, the fact that we have a president whose actions are harming the people of his country, this is this is absolutely war. This this is warrant enough to make sure this man is not reelected. Absolutely. Like I, I don't like if you don't want to vote for Joe Biden, just stay home. Just fine. Then don't. Just don't vote for Trump if you are someone who voted for him in 2016. Like this cannot happen. This is not how we deal with protesters in this country. And four more years. After all that we've seen in these past, mostly this past year, yes, these six months have been a real indicator of like, oh shit, this is how this man handles a crisis. It has been failure every step of the way. You can't script a worse response to this. This is going to be an indictment or uh, a show of support for this past year of Donald Trump's presidency. So if he does win, and you might scoff at that, I was looking at the polling data yesterday because that's how cool I am. It's extremely close. Yeah. This election is going to be extremely close. And um, if he does get the validation of another victory, this is going to look like this is going to look like middle school compared to what we have four years from now. These are the most vivid depictions of some of these like sovereign citizen second amendment guys dreams right you have you have soldiers shooting like tear gas canisters into the faces of protesters there's one kid who had facial reconstructive surgery because he had a boom box playing music uh standing in front of these guys and then he gets shot in the head and now he has He's in a coma and he has to have facial reconstructive surgery. The idea, maybe he can look like Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing, he's like, he's pulling the old John Cusack from what is it? Don't say anything or something like that. Some John Hughes movie. I uh, love John Hughes. But this is, again, just want to stress this. The federal troops in Portland are not helping the situation. This is according to Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. Gotta love the wheels. He says he believes that the protests in the city would have stopped by now, but federal authorities, quote, blew the whole thing back up again. He goes on to say the whole situation is blowing up as a result of the federal government continuing. He says last week we were seeing de-escalation, but the intervention of federal officers reignited tensions. So the question then is this a purposeful plan for Donald Trump's reelection. Is this something that Donald Trump sees as a political win? Is this something that he sees um, as a political benefit? I don't know how you could wrap your head around it politically and say this is a good thing when there's blood flowing on American streets at the hands of federal government officials. I don't see how that could be a positive but if you're Donald Trump, and again, you're fighting the culture war in the most literal sense at this point, there's a reason he, had, he there's a reason they escalated this violence, and he believes, and it's probably Stephen Miller chatting in his freaking weird ass ear as he slams down a chicken nugget, not to diss chicken nuggets. He believes this is a win for him, and that is why the purposeful action was taken to continue. The protests in Portland if he can, and if, to escalate the violence. If he could recreate this scene in every state and it looks like. But I he, just don't get how I. But I, that is I mean, truly, this is a plan. That yeah. is why this is happening. I just don't understand how it could be working. Oh, it's I think but it, it absolutely will. The polls have it, it been will tightening. ignite his base because he is fighting because he's convinced an entire country, you know, not an entire. He's, he's convinced his base that coronavirus isn't real and that there is a a menacing gi joe group of people called antifa that are going to to saw off the head of your like favorite statue um and this is Ooh, all my this, favorite statue is in dollywood what is it dolly my favorite statue is the uh robocop statue well, you, yeah saw that off buddy yeah you're gonna die but uh, going back to that point uh just again just to sort of bring in another sort of culture war situation happening that donald trump continues to bring to the forefront the confederate flag the confederate flag nascar nascar 
NASCAR, which, I, you know, hey, I love it. I would love to go to a NASCAR event. They said, hey, you know what? We won't fly the Confederate flag anymore. We're cool. Um, other corporations, uh, Republican leaders, um, Mississippi took the Confederate symbol off of its state flag. Uh, Donald Trump is still harping on the Confederate flag. So we got this northerner from New York talking about the virtue of the Confederate flag, talking about the virtuous history of the South. The South does have a very fascinating culture. And then, of course, you have the negative history. We know that. But he is harping on this. And he's keeping this culture war going in every possible way that he can when it comes to our symbols, when it comes to our statues, and when it comes to people uh, protesting well, this, police uh, brutality. These these soldiers that are being deployed are a part of Trump's like executive order to protect monuments. So this is all a part of like a big sweeping culture war uh, fight that he's waging. And I don't know if you know this, but he, uh, on, I guess, July 3rd, he he ordered the creation of a national garden of American heroes. So he's going to make a garden uh, full of statues that he deems to be American heroes. And uh, some of those include Davy Crockett and Billy Graham. (laughs) So, so he really is, he, he loves the idea of like winning the, winning the election with these tokens, with these like symbols. Right. So this is according to Leisha Brooks. She is the chief of staff at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, She says, it seems that people have developed the political courage to stand up against him. But Trump does does stand alone on this. So if you're Donald Trump and if you are a Trump supporter, this is one of those areas where you can say, my man is standing strong. He's doing what I think he's doing what he thinks is best, even though everyone else is telling him it's wrong. It's a very contrarian view of politics. It's a very uh, contrarian view of like what makes a good leader as opposed to going and adjusting with the times appropriately and trying to open up the culture as much as possible and open up um, the minds. I mean, people are much more open minded than Donald Trump even lets on. There's a lot of more. We are more open minded than closed minded, but Donald Trump has definitely monopolized the closed minded vote. And that is what they do. They do go out and vote. Uh, And it is really sad. So this is Alicia Brooks again. She goes on to say, I don't think most conservatives outside of the South have any great love for the Confederate flag. She goes on to say, it's more of a stand you take because if you give an inch, the feeling is they take a mile. So we are watching uh, this political campaign. You thought 2016, 2015, 2016 was a nasty campaign. This nastiness has now overflowed into the streets. We are all the opposition now in the eyes of Donald Trump and in the eyes of some of his more extreme supporters. Anyone who does not kowtow to everything he does is now an enemy. We are all Hillary in the eyes of Donald Trump. And we're seeing this election because he doesn't have somebody to fight in a in a traditional sense. The, the fact that Joe Biden isn't really anywhere, although we're going to talk about some plans here in a second, but he doesn't have a, in a true opponent. Yeah. It's an abstract opponent. It's a, it's a it's the culture war that he everyone is. in your neighborhood that you hate is the is the enemy. Yes. And so I think with that, he needs an opponent. And it's just really sad that now we've waffled or like an omelet on top of ourselves. We have become the opponent of the president. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's that's the only thing he has. And Biden isn't really there to be a punching bag. Well, because Biden's in a basement. Biden is going to build back better, Ben. OK, let's talk about Biden. Um, all right. So Biden. Did you hear me, Ben? I, He's going to build back better. Did did Travis just have a stroke? No. Build back better. Build back better. No, Travis did not just have a stroke. As a matter of fact, that is Joe Biden's campaign. That's his campaign slogan, which I don't know. Build back better. It's build Build back. back. Build back better is. uh, Oh, is that old build back better over there? 
Yeah, it does sound like someone that has a little gunny sack and he eats the catfish that he catches himself every night, and I love that person. It sounds like a mistranslation of like a JRPG dialogue. Like it's not. It was actually it. It sounds more poetic in the original Japanese, but when you translate it to English, it's build back better. Yes, build back better is Joe Biden's campaign slogan. Not exactly sure. What it means, but again, um, it is what it is. I think that's what he would say as well. I'm not sure what it is, but I think it is what it is. And just lastly, on the Portland situation, just a few more senators and representatives talking here. Senator Senator Jeff Merkley, this is what he had to say. He says, DHS and DOJ are engaged in acts that are horrific and outrageous in our constitutional democratic republic. Merkley, Merkley goes on to say, first, they are deploying paramilitary forces with no identification, indicating who they are or who they work for. Second, these agents are snatching people off the streets with no underlying justification. Both of these acts are profound offenses against Americans. He adds, we demand not only that these acts end, but also that they remove their forces immediately from our state, given the egregious nature of the violations against Oregonians. We are demanding full investigations by the inspectors general in these departments. So I hope that we get a full investigation. We have to figure out who the hell these people are and make sure that we don't um, set the precedent that presidents are allowed to do this because the next president, they only get, they only expand their roles more. And that's, what's so scary. The next person to take over, they can, now that this has been happening, this has been done. It opens up a Pandora's box. All right. Well, let's speak about potentially the next president, Joseph Biden, as Travis mentioned, his campaign slogan is, Build back better, you better build back. back See, when you better, sing it, it actually sounds yeah, it good. It does have like a, it build has like back. a furniture store kind of ring to it. I it, guess it really does. If you build back better, better. you better build back. Build back better. That is the Joe Biden campaign slogan, the triple B, triple B baller brand. I'm not exactly sure who came up with it. Not exactly sure what it means. But nonetheless, uh, he has revealed he has a two trillion dollar economic stimulus plan over the next four years. He wants to significantly escalate the use of clean energy and transportation, electricity and building sectors. And of course, he also wants to tackle infrastructure. We need massive infrastructure reform in this country. That is something that we are ignoring right now because Donald Trump would rather send uh, paramilitary goons to, to kill Americans or to arrest uh, people exercising their First Amendment rights. We have real problems. One of them is infrastructure. And I think as the country continues to grow, we can start incorporating new ways to build buildings, obviously buildings, maybe this might be a surprise to some of you, but over half of all of environmental pollution, it's not cars, it is in fact buildings. It's those pesky uh, It's those pesky buildings. buildings. And so in New York, it's a little tif it's a little difficult in New York to retrofit all of those old buildings with new technology. They do it with the new buildings, but it is what it is. New York is kind of done. Right. Like it's Manhattan's a six mile island. And from what I remember, it's pretty jam packed. Yeah. Not a lot of room to grow. But we drive when I drove across this country, I was once again reminded there's a shitload of land here. So we need infrastructure. And going forward, there's no reason why we can't try to make this the cleanest, best, um, most energy efficient. We can't. There's no reason why we can't make those buildings the most energy efficient there's no reason why we can't make cars going forward the most energy efficient as a matter of fact uh the obama administration had regulations here that greatly affected car manufacturers in california that donald trump rolled back and the car manufacturers were like we're actually fine yeah we're we and can, it, we can be clean we can be much cleaner and of course the irony is that's also uh that also means the cars aren't such gas guzzlers which means you save money at the pump and uh, you don't ruin the environment. One of the ironies, of course, of COVID 
is that we've seen I was talking with somebody here in LA and they're like I've never seen such a clear sky like there's not as many cars yeah, I was, I and I'm like that's so trippy more, I was expecting more of like a smog thing I guess it's gone right now yeah. COVID has cleaned it COVID has cleaned it up for now um, but this is what he has to say this is uh, Joe Biden he says these are the most critical investments we can make for the long-term health and vitality of both the American economy and the physical health and safety of the American people. He says, when Donald Trump thinks about climate change, the only word he can muster is hoax. When I think about climate change, the only word I think of is jobs. And I love it. I'm like, all right. I'm I was see- on the edge of my seat. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it could have been a total nightmare, right? He could have been like mustard. Chiropractic. Chiropractic. But he did say jobs. And I, I is a country that has millions of people out of work, jobs is a good word. So Biden has uh, begun to message uh, this week on where he wants to take the country. And in in this election cycle, when we're talking about federal elections, we're talking about what worldview do you want to live under? Yes. And the worldview that Trump has is one that we've seen and we've lived under it. So, hey, if you want to vote for him after this, then that is that's on you. Um, and we're, we're seeing that what's happening in the streets. And Biden is presenting, obviously, someone uh, who has not been in office for three and a half years. So he does have a little bit of a luxury of yeah. being able to paint a very rose-colored uh, you know, version of the reality he would like to see. But also the world is much different. So that is something that he has to embrace. Like he, yeah. if, it were, if it were the same old, same old, uh, that would be a different situation. We are in the middle of a pandemic. We have uh, uprisings in every city uh, in the country. And there, this is really a story of two different world like realities. Yes. Because what, Trump has said... This is not real. COVID is not real. And the thing that is real is that people are trying to steal your American values right. from underneath your fucking feet. And, and then course, Biden, at least, is saying like, oh, it's real and we're going to approach it, approach this new world as if it is real. It seems as if he's trying to split the difference because obviously we have like the coast, the West and the East Coast, I think, has reacted in a certain way to covid that maybe was maybe a little bit too extreme because again they have no faith in the federal government and then we have parts of this country who reacted way the other way around and what i'm telling you is and this is what i've been telling my friends who have been scared during cold and flu season you maybe get the flu once or twice in four years you still went outside right and now people are cleaner than ever you wear a mask you got your sanitizer if you're safe, you're going to be fine. We, you, you will be okay. You like what hurts me right now is people who are really. I didn't realize how many people suffer from forms of agoraphobia. Yeah, they're like self-inflicted this, agoraphobia now. And this yeah. is really a huge triggering thing. And like no one is getting it right. And the right answer is you can still do things, do them safely, do them properly. Don't be like Trump and like start spitting in people's mouths just because you're not supposed to. And then you also don't just have to stay in your house. You can, we, we need to learn to live with this, you know, but and I, it has to happen. Otherwise people, I, the mental illness aspect is, it breaks my heart. But speaking of the flu, it, it really does seem like now that I see all these, I was walking down Santa Monica Boulevard and they are really opening up down over there, like in West Hollywood. Oh, is that they're right? really, they're, people are lined up outside of whatever fishbone grill by the, by the droves. Now that well. is, a, that was a little much, but the thing is they, everyone has like their glass shields up or whatever, the plastic shields and people are wearing face. It almost feels like, oh, this is how clean we should have been in the first place. It's the cleanest we've ever it's been. It's like we, this is, maybe this should have been happening way before this. I don't know. In 2019, was everyone just covered in human shit? Is that what was happening? I'm I, not quite sure. I have to believe that actually. <laughs> so, but, uh, but, but one of the things that Biden is, uh, seems to be taking the approach with for his, his uh, campaign is that there is going to be a sort of like public works program dedicated to reopening the country uh, with like a public health job core. Yeah, he so seems to have a little Roosevelt in so him. So people are going to, you know, they're, they're, he's creating jobs or at least he's intending to create jobs that 
matched the time that we're in and matched the the need that so, uh, that we have right now. This is according uh, to Mr. Biden as well. He says, seems like every few weeks when he needs a distraction from the latest charges of corruption in his staff or the conviction of a high-ranking member of his administration uh, and political apparatus, the White House announces, quote, it's infrastructure week. He goes on to say he's never delivered, never really even tried. Well, I know how to get it done. Uh, he finishes up uh, here saying, I know that I know meeting the challenge would be a once in a lifetime opportunity to jolt new life into our economy, strengthen our global leadership, protect our planet for future generations. If I have the honor of being elected president, we're not just going to tinker around the edges. We're going to make historic investments that will seize the opportunity, meet this moment in history. So Joe Biden presenting a much different worldview uh, than Donald Trump's doom and gloom worldview. And um, I think the country is so damn exhausted. We know that Joe Biden is a stopgap. We know he's going to be a one-term president. Uh, maybe he'll just be a one-year president. Because if you look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we're constantly reminded age is a real thing. And just because you say you want to be on the Supreme Court until you're 90 doesn't mean that's going to happen because cancer is a pesky thing. So who knows how long Joe Biden has left on this earth. And I'm not wishing any ill will. I mean, age is just a real thing. And of course, if he would get elected, I would like to see him serve out his whole, you know, four year term. But without a doubt, this just needs he needs to be in office now after this, because we just can't give Trump's actions a stamp of approval. It's so much more dangerous than it was in 2016. 2016, we're kind of like, well, I don't know. Let's flirt with the guy we don't know. Yeah. And uh, let's just see how big his Johnson is. And it turns now, out. Who's this uh, guy coming down an escalator talking about Mexicans are rapists? Now I'm interested. Okay. You, got, you have my attention. Hey, mom. First things first. Thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. All right. So we will continue to follow a little bit more on Joe Biden. He seems to be addressing some of the political sins of his past. And uh, th those are things that he is going to have to address specifically because police brutality, police reform, prison reform is on the tip of everyone's tongue. It's on the forefront of people's minds. And I'm happy that that is an election year issue because it's an issue, modern day slavery yeah. that we needed to be talking about many, many moons ago. Hey, but I'm happy we're here now. And I'm happy a lot of people who lived in a fantasy land about what our prison system is and what our justice system is i'm happy they are waking up even if it is a little bit delayed and a little bit late but Honest, let's honestly i'm i'm very i'm actually much more optimistic about biden wait i mean like leagues more optimistic now because it yeah. does seem like he's beginning to he's campaign having to meet the moment he's having he's being because uh, you know when uh and also like i don't think anyone has the bar super high like i we all know like if you're gonna watch a biden speech there are going to be moments where you're just like now what what you know <laughs> but it is but, but at the same time if the content is good yeah i'm like okay but before the pandemic it was like oh are all these progressive groups going to like um browbeat him into yes doing progressive policies and it was like my thinking on that was absolutely not. It doesn't matter. But now that all of this has happened, pandemic, um, the protests, he just has no choice but to be a, a more progressive just in general to survive this election. 
You know, and that's the irony and the double-edged sword of the culture war that that, uh, Donald Trump is playing. He's given a huge, huge opportunity for someone like Joe Biden to come in and fill up the other side of that narrative. And say things need to change. Exactly. So it is ironic or strange to have a former two-time VP, a former longtime senator, be a agent of change (laughs) in an election. Who would have thought? That's the that's where we find ourselves. Better you better build back. Don't know what it means. Back it. And better it at the same time. I do wish that I could be in the room sometimes and just say no. Just be like, <laughs> no. Um, I don't think that that's a, that's a good idea. Build back better makes no sense, but whatever. He was better than the original uh, motto, which was uh, bop it, twist it, uh, smack it. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> and of course, that revolutionary plan uh, that Joe Biden has is literally just recognizing that global climate change is like a challenge <laughs> and uh, it's a real thing. Right. And that's how far we've gone where it's like, wow, that's revolutionary. You've agreed that climate change is happening. If you you cannot disagree, climate change is happening. We can have the conversation of human impact, but we cannot disagree in facts. Well, I've heard it's the buildings, actually. Well, the buildings are a big part of it. The buildings are a big part of it. We can have all of that debate in the world, but that's the problem with our country right now. We don't even agree on reality. And I'm like, climate change is happening, and let's talk about car emissions. Let's talk about cow farts. Let's talk about buildings. Let's talk about human impact. But we can't say it's not happening. So Joe Biden, at the very least, there's one presidential candidate who at least acknowledges that things are changing climate wise. Yeah. And at least it seems like he's actually like the, all the task forces that he said he was going to start. It, I, it looks like he's actually letting them do work and then he's listening to what they have. to Hopefully say. it's not just a bunch of bloated government waste, but we shall see either way. It is uh, we are at our we I'm at my wits end with what's happening in the country right now. The status quo must go. That's what I say. Well, speaking of. Well, no, that's a horrible segue, actually. Interesting. Because uh, I actually I don't. I don't want her to go. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We have a something. We have a little Supreme Court conversation to happen here. Uh, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was recently hop- uh, hospitalized. Cancer is a horrible thing. Uh, she has it again for the fourth time. Mitch McConnell has said if she does pass away, and it literally could just happen. It could happen. It could, as at a matter of any fact, moment. As a matter of fact, knowing our history, Travis, it'll probably it'll happen, happen as soon as we stop recording. As soon as I press this, yes. Yes, as soon as I like send. I think that episode was relevant, and it'd be like she's dead. Yep. Great. Ruth Bader Mitch, Ginsburg has been dead for thirty years. Oh my God. Uh, Mitch has said that they will. They will fast track any candidate uh, that Trump wants. Oh, yeah. And, they're uh, probably like putting cyanide in her tapio- tapioca as we possible. speak. I don't even know if you need to do that. But in a Supreme Court decision that happened uh, this week, we talked last week about a few positive Supreme Court decisions, uh, despite the fact that Jim Key, Jim uh, Key. is a child molester. Yeah. But uh, the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma uh, ruling was good. Yeah, I'm talking about McGirt. <laughs> Uh, the Oklahoma giving uh, lands back to Native Americans is a good thing. But uh, the Supreme Court uh, has a decision this week that, uh, you know, not exactly what is I consider ideal. No, not great. Well, so you may remember back in 2018 when uh, the Florida changed its constitution to allow felons to vote once mm-hmm. they had served their sentence. Um, but then it got challenged in uh, in the highest courts of Florida and the state legislature uh, and the the result of that, I'm pretty sure that's in Margaritaville. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Boca Raton, Key Ooh, West, yeah. all of the courts are in the <laughs> the most sweaty, uh, <laughs> seersuckery uh, parts of the state. I love it. But uh, so that conflict resulted in a kind of caveat on that amendment, which was that felons can vote, sure, as long once they get out of uh, prison, but if they have any. Uh, legal fees if they have any uh, fees that they owe the city if they owe a cent to the state in any way shape or form you are not allowed to vote and so for those that don't really know this um, felons when you're in prison you pay for everything you basically get charged rent Uh, there's a lot of legal fees you may not even know that you have and then when you get out they're like oh also you have to pay for every single step in the process that you were a part of you can end up 
tens of thousands of dollars in debt. Many of these people, if it is a felony, they may have been in for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They're not coming out with a lot of money. No. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, it's so perverted that they'll do a thing in prison where they'll gouge the small amount of wages that they give prisoners. They'll give prisoners maybe a quarter an hour. And if you owe a large sum of money, they will literally gouge that from you. If you have money on your commissary, uh, they will take that from you. They they will steal your lunch money. They yes. will steal your lunch money. But so uh, and so this basically <laughs> just disenfranchises felons all over again. It reminds me of a poll tax. It is so the Supreme the original decision was felons can vote. And now what they have done is completely circumvent that entire thing. It is going to be impossible for them to pay back every single cent that they are so-called owed that they that they owe the state. Um, and so this just, again, disenfranchises well, over a million people. And we're not talking about uh, Alabama or New York uh, or uh, or California. We're talking about a vital. That's why it looks like a ding dong swing state. That is Florida. So what happened was that that conflict resulted in that little caveat, which disenfranchised a bunch of people. But then uh, it was brought before the Supreme Court on this past Thursday. Yeah. And everyone except for Sotomayor, Ginsburg and Kagan uh, said, yeah, we actually want to keep that paywall so that felons can't vote. Right. Um, and that's the conservative court. All for the conservative, you. the conservative court slam dunked it and they they got their voter disenfranchisement in a state where, you know, one point five million mostly uh black uh, yeah. people are not allowed to vote that is going to be it's crucial for that state in the election is huge. so that is a huge win for absolutely Trump, and it's it, a huge win for as you uh, saw, the conservatives and, overall as we saw in 2000 with gore bush um the purging of the voter rolls that they did in florida gave us george w bush as a president which gave us the iraq war which gave us more war crimes than we can even count, which gave us black water, which gave us so economic devastation. I mean, these things have real. But it also gave us have, late night Bushisms. I mean, could you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I loved that. That was so fun when everyone was just laughing. This is one of the things I was talking about yesterday, too, with my buddy, where it's like George W. Bush and Donald Trump. I think it does a great disservice to call them stupid. I think that they are smart. I think they know exactly what they're doing. And I think they have. This is Donald Trump's dream. Yeah. Donald Trump, like it, it almost gives them an out to be like, oh, they're so dumb. It almost makes them seem like better. Yeah. They are nefarious. They are doing these things on purpose. And just because they are stupid ideas does not mean that they are stupid people. They are they are doing these things purposely. And, you know, when and, uh, it, it don't. So dumb is like, I don't no. care. Yeah. They, they are smart in their own. And it, it, it's horrifying. It's it's scary. You know when when Trump is in his like post presidency painting phase, all the paintings he's not going to paint. They're all going to be like Goya paintings of like Saturn devouring his son. <laughs> like it's going to be know what's it's going to be a, it's he's going to paint himself eating Baron. Post President Trump is going to be quite fascinating. I don't know. What oh, he's going to he's going to have a network that will. A, a news network that will absolutely squash all other like conservative news news yeah, networks. I mean, or he'll just get a job on CNN or MSNBC or Fox or One American News. He may, uh, who knows? Yeah, maybe he has his own form of Bloomberg. Uh, maybe he just stays to the web. I have no freaking idea. Anyway, I also want to mention um, on last week's episode, we talked about how immigrant students who are enrolled in college. Uh, if those colleges just go exclusively online, those immigrants were told to leave. That has since changed uh, the Trump administration. So I will give some credit here, I guess. Um, it was even too mean for them. Uh, they have said that immigrant students who have universities that go online are allowed to stay. So that was I, one of those things that literally once again changed as soon as we hit uh, I think record. Every, everyone, even on the people on his team, were just like, come on, this is dumb. This, this is, is dumb and mean and weird to do this. Even by your standards. Even by your standards, dude. Um, all right. Well, for the people of Portland, stay safe. Everyone across the country, stay safe. And uh, stay vigilant and and stay focused build, on... Build back better. Build back better. Uh, stay focused on criminal justice reform. I'm happy to see everybody out there focusing on it. I don't like to see the people bickering for... It's, well, that's Twitter. That's a whole other thing. Um, when it comes to... Uh, 
There is there is a sense that I feel where it's like, oh, you're just finding out about this now. And then it's like they're super like then they also have a lot of ideas. And I'm like, oh, but you you need to think you need to focus a little bit more on it. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing as well as you possibly can out there in this strange, strange time we live in. Never forget. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you very soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.